0: Startup Santa Show is about sharing the entrepreneur journeys and the lessons learned along the way. These entrepreneurs have done some incredible things and we are excited to share their stories. Casey, why don't you go ahead and get us started and tell us a little bit about your journey and and what got you into doing what you're doing now.
1: Yeah, sure. So, I'm a marketing major by trade. Um, I graduated, came to Columbus, Ohio from Orlando um and was going trying to pursue a corporate job um started the corporate job didn't absolutely love what i was doing i mean i loved marketing and the people but it was more political than i wanted to be and so um i was i'm always thinking about things and ways of, like i could solve different problems and so i took my six-month-old dog to daycare um, at a corporation and i was like i don't really feel a personal touch here um i i feel out of they're they're playing with my dog i see it on video camera but i don't actually have any interaction and it it just kind of felt empty um i took him to another daycare uh, more mom and pop and that was more the homey experience but the technology wasn't there and there was a lot of gap in between the two so i wanted to create um something that was more engaging with the end consumer, the dog, and the human. Um, So we built a little family here and it took me about two years. Uh, I went through the small business development center. Um, I went through uh, trying to find a building for two years and then we finally established ourselves last year. uh, We opened our doors January 2019.
0: That's one crazy journey, talking about being in a corporate space, working in marketing, and then seeing this need that you wanted to fill closing a gap between technologically advanced dog <clears throat> resources, dog watching resources, and then the mom and pop so that you could have a community of people that love their dogs and the animals that you serve. Yeah. Can you share a little bit about, You talk, it took you two years to even just find the building. What were the people on the way that helped you, supported you, and helped you find those resources you needed?
1: Yeah, so I talked a little about a bit about the SBDC, so the Small Business Development Center. Um, they're free locally. I think they're in most states, if not all states, but it's a resource that you go through the different classes um, that they set out. Um, and once you graduate those classes, they give you a free financial advisor. Um, so in Ohio, I worked with David Rivers, and he was absolutely amazing. He hooked me up with a bank. Uh, we used United Midwest Savings Bank, so it was a credit union. He had already built a relationship, so we were established there. Um, and then real estate-wise, um, I had a few connections in our real estate market, um, so I was able to, to link to a really nice um, commercial real estate agent. Uh, the problem is, is just the market you, for what we do, finding a building for what we do is incredibly difficult.
0: I know that you have a very unique space, especially the way it's laid out. Can you talk a little bit about the thought process that went into really designing the facility you have today?
1: So, one money. Um, how much money do I have? Uh, what is the current layout? What is you know what can we do? Um, for us, we we put a huge the the balance between the corporate and then the mom and pop is that you want to make sure you're doing things right for the dog. So I did a lot of research. I went to industry conferences. And one thing as simple as epoxy flooring, paint epoxy flooring is something that'll chip away, um, and the concrete will eventually start to absorb uh, the, you know, pee and poop from the pups, um, cause lots of smell. Um, So something as simple as that, we expended a lot, put a lot of money into the flooring um, to make sure that we won't have that issue. We're providing a safe and healthy environment for them. So we we kept a lot of the dogs. I mean, dogs are just like humans, human children. They get into everything. Um, you leave one thing out, or there's one gap that you might not have seen, or you did something wrong. They're gonna destroy it, find it, put it in their mouth. You know, anything that they can possibly do. So, um, we the building itself was kind of I I had to uh, find the building that would meet my needs, and this place did that. I could envision it as I was walking around. Um, touring the building. I knew exactly where everything was going to go. And we, we kept with an open concept because that's the easiest for dogs. Um, in the back, we're able that we have three different groups. So we're able to separate the dogs, but also move dogs around as necessary, um, getting them different smells, exposure, but also keeping the groups nice and safe.
0: That's incredibly exciting to, to be able to find a space that you can envision as what you wanted it. And then and understanding the technology that needs to go into that, the, the monitoring of the dogs all the way down to the epoxy in the floor, that's huge, uh, really incredible. The uh, next question I, that comes to mind is, as you think back about what that journey you went on and the people that have impacted it, now that you're kind of on the other end, you're in, in the thing, you're engaging in it, you're, you're understanding the processes it takes to maintain that, what did you wish you knew? two three years ago when you got started that you you now are, are pretty comfortable with and understand?
1: Um, I mean, I guess I would have prepared myself for the people. Um, it's a different world of working. And it, there's no, it's no diff, good or bad, it's just kind of different. So corporate is a different kind of person. Um, they're willing, you know, they're there, they have their money, their decree, they're talking to you, and then they'll go back behind closed doors and say something else. So that's the political environment there, we're here. Um, people are just um, more maybe flaky. Um, so you have to manage that personality, uh, somebody who doesn't want to work um, versus somebody who you know needs a job. There's different personalities and that's something I've learned to work through. We've, we've had some situations um, with people, so that's been the biggest learning experience for me.
0: I think that's definitely a big step for most business owners going from yourself and then looking to include people that have to replace aspects of your business that you were the one responsible for. And then working with a demographic that changes pretty rapidly. I mean, there's well, before COVID there was very low unemployment. So your choices were pretty sparse and few between and you had to get that that dog washed or groomed or that different aspects of your business taken care of. Now that that COVID has really taken a major impact in every business, what are some of the things that you've done to help adapt and change? I know your website has some information on it. I know you've made some changes in what you're doing. How has COVID-19 made an impact in what you're doing and what have you done to embrace it?
1: Yeah, so uh, when it hit here, um, the governor, I mean, he was pretty Um, proactive so he started to shut down a lot of things that um, other places hadn't shut down yet and so we got to the point where they were only allowing essential businesses to operate and the order was pretty gray, and if we're essential or not um, including pet grooming so anywho um, we decided to continue to operate and most of our competitors decided not to um, but I immediately put into effect curbside drop off and up. so we wear masks and gloves out to the car, the human stays in the car, if they're uncomfortable, they can keep the window up, we take the dog out of the back seat, um, we spray down all the leashes and everything that we give with, um, <laughs> I'm looking at a whole thing of uh, Lysol and whatnot, but so we're spraying everything down that we possibly can. We're a dog environment, so dogs spread germs pretty easily and everything that we have is it combats that plus all the human stuff so we're doing um <laughs> sorry we're just, <laughs> um, so we're doing um everything we can from that standpoint but we've kind of pivoted slightly uh, we weren't allowed to groom for a little bit so we were dependent specifically on daycare so we were able to communicate i didn't want to push out there that you know we're open and we want business because i understand the stay at homeowner Um, But we were still promoting ourselves on social media and staying connected to our customers. Um, One of the things that we were able to communicate that was effective was how important it is for a schedule and structure for dogs. Something simple as you staying home all the time can create separation anxiety in your dog. And then you have a whole other, you try to go to the grocery store and your dog starts to destroy stuff or can't be in a cage anymore because they've never, you know, it's been months since they've been in that crate. Um, so we've tried to uh, enforce the importance of all of that. And then we also decided to invest in a doggy daycare bus. So we now have a doggy school bus where we're testing out, um, we're going to our customers' homes, picking up the dog from there, uh, handling them you know, the same way we would at the facility, but giving our customers that option if they're not feeling safe to leave their homes.
0: So you you've definitely brought a lot of skills to the business your marketing background is very clear and evident in the messaging that you've created around covid about maintaining the structure sharing the knowledge that you have with your customer base and people beyond that because that's the key important part why you're doing what you're doing you know to take care of those dogs and make sure they're happy while their owners are are going out and earning a wage or whatever is keeping them busy and so talk a little bit about the process of what set you on a path to get a bus right this is not a, a small decision you stepped out you saw an opportunity obviously and then decided to purchase a bus what was going through your mind what were you thinking
1: about yeah. so i've always wanted to do it i remember brainstorming with my financial advisor at the time and i was like we're just gonna get a bus and we're gonna go and i'm gonna take them on you know field trips because that's what dogs like to do and people are gonna love that and he's like you have to get daycare up and running first like Let's let's keep this, you know, well, having the lack of transportation that we do right now and looking at our competitive, you know, market, not a lot of people do any sort of transportation for dogs, one because of risk and two because of, you know, liability, but we're already covered as a business. Um, It's a huge marketing entity. If you see this bus, it's golden. I love it. It's got dog pictures like from all of our daycare dogs all over it. Um, and it's got a nice QR code in the back, but with all of our, you know, calls to action, they're pretty clear. Um, and we've had nothing, but people are, we we're doing a trial right now. So we're booked out for the week for all of that. And people seem really excited about it, but it was mainly seeing the opportunity that, Hey, people aren't traveling. So how do you combat that and make them feel more comfortable? Also, how do you generate more revenue um, from somebody coming in consistently that might not be able to get here because their schedule changed or whatever it may be. So Um, we're, we're going to start charging in the future, but that's kind of the path that I took. And I was also my, my own personal car was up for renewal on the lease. And I was like, done, let's buy the bus. It's time. We also bought a building at the same time. So we're, you know, big moves,
0: big moves (laughs) for sure. That is awesome. It's really cool to see that you're uh, one really understanding your market and uh, changing with it as the adaptation is required. That's Huge and definitely a skill set in itself. And then on top of that, you're you're communicating right. It's, it, that marketing mindset is there, bright and brilliant. You'll have to send me a picture of that bus. I love right. it. Um, the QR code on the bus, which most people don't even think about. QR exists right in your camera phone. You don't even need to do much other than pull up your camera and point it at that QR code. Um, right. So don't do it while you're driving, even though I know you're going to. Right. I love it. So. It, As we move past COVID-19 world, how are you looking to engage your market? What does the future look like? You now have new assets to engage that. Where do you see your business as we go forward?
1: So, like I said, we just not only purchased the bus, we also purchased our building. So we were given the opportunity back in China, right? We've we've barely been in business a year. I feel like I've done everything too big already. Um, But we, uh, in about November, we were hitting capacity as far as daycare goes and to keep it a safe environment you don't want to go over a certain amount of dogs in a specific area their behaviors start to adapt and change um, too if you overcrowd um so we were looking at different options and uh the landlord owned this building that we're in right now and the one next door and so i asked him i was like hey i know your lease is up next door do you mind us taking over that lease well he would have to take over um you would have to take the responsibility to update next door and make it to what we would need in order for us to be able to use it as from a business standpoint. So he was like, well, would you want to purchase it? So I was like, are you actually selling it? Cause you said you weren't going to. And he's like, yeah, let me talk to my wife maybe. And so we went down that process. Turns out he wanted to sell it and we bought next door. And so right now our current building is 4,400 square feet. Um, we're adding about 6,000 square feet to that. And so that will allow us to diversify our training, our boarding and our um, daycare. Um, There's a few methods to dogs um, that you can, you can adapt your daycare um, by adding more enrichment and the more enrichment you use, um, the the better it is for the dog. So not just physical, it's also mental. So smelling, um, training is a good mental um, aspect, but there's also other things that you can include into a daycare routine to make it one, higher revenue um, generating for me, but also it's a better lifestyle for the dog. You're getting training while they're here at daycare and they're leaving better dogs, not just more tired. Um, So the space will allow us to do potentially agility training, um, conditioning, um, more group classes, also more daycare and divide. The more you can divide the groups, the more dogs you can have with difficult personalities because you're able to play with those groups and say, okay, you're good for this group. You're good for that group. Oh, you're not getting along with your best friend today. Let's move you over. So it just allows for us to have more dogs and a happier dogs on one day.
0: I, I love it. I, it really shows that you care very deeply about the animals that are in your care. Can you yeah. talk a little bit about how you've decided or found that information? Where did you find your tribe, the people that are supporting you in the industry that you're in and, and as an entrepreneur?
1: Yeah, so there's a lot of resources if you look for them. Um, the first place we started was the um, what, what is it called? Pet boarding, pet daycare and boarding expo, I think, in Hershey, Pennsylvania. So that was our starting point, and that was really good for people getting into the industry. So it talks about infectious diseases, um, proper setups, those kinds of things, and, and minimizing risk, um, and also exemplifying revenue. Um, So that we started there, Um, there's a ton of Facebook groups and there's one group that we're a part of that I absolutely love, it's the owners of Dog Daycare. Um, So I think there's 1,700 owners on that and you can't be a franchise, you have to be soul mom and pop. Um, You can buy into it, but that's that's the extent of that. Um, And it's all over the world. So we actually went to a conference in um, New Orleans this past, I think it was January. So we were there and it's just crazy. Everybody does everything different. Every business model, I think, you know, there's like 10 or 15 in Columbus, everybody does something different. So that was a really good resource um, for us because if you have a problem when you post it, those people have been through it. Um, Basically anything, I'm looking at it daily just for their knowledge. So that's been awesome too. Um, And then I got really lucky hiring the people I've been able to hire. Um, I had a really good manager off the bat that had 15 years. Um, she has a nutritional background. She has her animal uh, science degree. Um, I put money up front for her, though, not knowing that we were going to be, you know, what we are today. But that's been core to who we've become.
0: I love it. There's some real valuable knowledge there. Is that there's more than likely a community for you whether you know it or not, uh, because people build communities around what they're doing. And then two, that your team is a big part of growing your company and planning for the future, hiring for the future and where you want to go, even if you don't know it's exactly where you're going to end up, is a big part of helping you get there. Mm-hmm. That is truly powerful. And that knowledge is something that most entrepreneurs aren't aware of when they're starting out. Yeah. Where do you see most people giving up or failing when they're trying to achieve their their entrepreneur journey, what are pursuing their passions, what are some of the common things that you see people um, make that cause them to give up?
1: Money. Um, so funding. It's tough. And it's, it's so, I mean, I remember going through the funding and it's like, here, sign this dotted line. And not only did you create an LLC to not have any risk, but here you are, go ahead and personally guarantee, you know, five to 10 years on the building and the 10 year loan that you're signing right now. If you don't make it, I'm sorry, I still collect your life. So um, that that's intimidating, and it seems like a lot of people have really big dreams, but they, they don't understand the work behind it. So they get overwhelmed by how much there is to actually do, and instead of putting together a list, um, an action list, they decide to shut down
0: one of the one of the biggest things I tell people as entrepreneurs is whatever you do don't put yourself on the line uh, yeah. I ended up filing a bankruptcy because a company that I put all my stuff on the line for went under so I, I feel you and I understand the pressure that you're under to make this a success that's huge uh, I do not envy you by any means um,
1: <laughs> I said a million dollars in debt before 30 that's that I was Going for debt free, but then decided to do the opposite. I don't. Know.
0: Absolutely, that's that's You're scary. <laughs> yeah, you know, we put we put our house on the line. I, I had a half a million dollar restaurant business. Um, it was before I was thirty, uh, and it all went under. So, lost it all.
1: Terrifying. <laughs>
0: it's okay. absolutely scary. Every well, it kept me up at night every night. Mm. I think I worked like 120 hours a week just to. <laughs> yeah, it was it was insane. Um, I I definitely applaud you. You've taken the risk. You've gone out beyond uh, your comfort zone and really engaged in something that you care deeply about. That's empowering. And and to be honest, it takes a lot of courage to go out and do that. As you you look back, I know you mentioned the uh, SBDC. Score is another really good one. Mm -hmm. What are some of the resources that you leaned on to help you get started? Or was it all just what you found at the SBDC?
1: I, in all honesty, it's, it's main, I mean, other than the people that I had already in my court, the SBDC was my connection to everyone else. Um, I, my dad is in my accountant, so I got really lucky there. It won't be for much longer because we're getting too complicated, but he was able to help us there. Um, the SBDC also connected us to our lawyer, um, and basically to all the resources. Um, I decided I wanted to try to be a real estate agent originally, you know, you, know, you can dabble in a bunch of different things. Um, and so I had connections there from before, and they knew people, which was really nice. Um, but that, that's my group. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I leveraged once I got started, uh, once we knew we were opening, we leveraged a lot of the corporate offices around because we're located right next to, you know, we're in downtown of Columbus. Um, so I had connections at Nationwide, and Cover My Meds is another one. So there are larger corporations that are next to us. Um, we were able to get our branding and marketing across there and digital marketing. I have a good friend who's started starting up his digital marketing um, company. So it's a lot of good friends in different places. People talking to people. I I got um, my cleaner JJ. He's awesome um, from my Uber ride. Just start starting up a conversation at six in the morning. So, yeah, that, that's I love
0: kind
1: of, it. Pretty organic.
0: <laughs> it's that entire community that you've built out and that you didn't know you were going to have to lean on. That entrepreneurs end up taking a lot from to really execute on what they're doing it's a very common story in the entrepreneur world and it's exciting to see that that was there for you to to really help you accelerate what you were doing do you have any last thoughts or comments anything that you'd like to share with the audience
1: ah no matter how hard it is don't give up i mean we've been through just i think we were four or five months in. we had some trials and tribulations with. uh, an employee who decided he was going to quit and then start, you know, a war with us for no reason. Um, we've got, we've gone through groomer after groomer. We've gone through people, uh, mental illness, all those things. Now we're going through COVID. Um, don't give up. I mean, at the end of the day, just persevere. You're, you're going to win if you want it bad enough. Um, there's always ways to adapt. And I think as entrepreneurs, we have to remember that that's how we got to where we are. We're solving a problem. So continuously adapt to your situation and, and you're going to be fine.
0: I love it. Those That's are powerful, powerful words and, and phenomenal advice. How do, if anybody wants to learn more or, or ask you questions, how do we get a reach a hold of you?
1: Sure. So um, feel free to email me at it's Casey, C-A-S-I-E uh, at allpawsretreat.com. So A-L-L-P-A-W-S retreat.com
0: wonderful thank you so much for coming on very incredible story thank you you've been listening to the startup santa show part of our 2020 hindsight series where we've been talking to entrepreneurs and those who have pursued their passion thank you for taking the time to listen to our show today we truly appreciate your support and hope you stay safe in these crazy times around the world